Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Good morning, Town Town. It's day 963 of quarantine, but it's the seventh week. And what day or time really is it? I have no idea anymore. It literally feels like Groundhog Day. No, it doesn't even matter what day it is. It doesn't even matter. But what does matter is our guest, right? I know. Okay, I have a confession to make. You're obsessed with the... I know you so um, are. I know. I, you know, it's a thing I've been wanting to tell you for some time now. I didn't and know. I feel like- I feel like today is the day. So here's what happened with my love of Bachelor. So I used to be obsessed with The Bachelor. I watched it, watched it all I didn't the time. Notice about you. I know. See, you find out new things every day with me. Um, It's good. It's good. So yeah, I used to watch The Bachelor religiously. And then somebody came on that I wasn't crazy about. Mm. So I had a breakup with The Bachelor and I was kind of like, well, I can't tell you who, but (laughs) Ben, Ben Higgins, who is our Bachelor today, who is our guest, brought me back to the show. So I I am very excited to... Have him here because he's the one who brought me back. He brought me back. Thank you so much, Ben Higgins. I, I really thought I, I was convinced that we were going down a path of you saying it was me that you didn't like. And I thought yeah. I had just walked in <laughs> to the firing squad. Exactly. We're like, and this is what you did. I, so I don't, I've watched The Bachelor, but I'm not as obsessed with it as Roxy is. It's good. But so. If you were going to tell a layman, what is The Bachelor? If someone had never seen The Bachelor, how would you describe the show? Oh, boy. Well, I would say this. <laughs> uh, if you're, if I'm trying to convince you to watch it, I am saying it's a single person's journey to find love in the most untraditional format. Mm-hmm. And I'd probably leave it there because then you'd ask a thousand questions like, what do you mean untraditional? I'd say, well, they're dating 25 people at once. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't make any sense. How do you do that? And I'm saying, you're just going to have to watch it because you, you, you never, when you get 25 people in a house competing for one person's affection, I know it's like my dream. (laughs) Oh my God. All these people would be into me. Well, are they, I don't know. I just feel like I would be like, I'd feel really good about myself. I just would. I'd be like, there's 25 people who have to like me right now, even if Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm that good. You would be doing 25 fantasy suites. Like you'd be doing a fantasy suite every night, Tamman. What happens in a fantasy suite, Ben? Ben, tell us. <laughs> tell us everything that goes down yeah, so in the, the fantasy the suite. The fantasy suite is your very... Okay, so picture this. And I'll let your mind go where it wants to go. Oh. You're filming there. for three months. 
<laughs> all right. You're kissing, you're snuggling, you're hugging, you're just all over these people. Okay. And for three months, you don't have any alone time until the fantasy suite. And then you have the whole evening just for you and at the time one other person, but you have three different fantasy suites in a traditional season. So you have three months of a lot of stuff build up. You need to talk a lot. You need to mm-hmm. explore life together a lot. And you have a lot of built up Oh my gosh. I don't know if I love this idea. But the cameras are rolling in the fantasy suite though, right? Correct? What'd you say? The cameras are rolling in no. the fantasy oh, suite. No? Never. No, 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 no. They're I gone. they kind of tease it a little bit. No? Do they do like a little, like you guys start talking yeah. a little bit? You start and then everybody leaves. You start and then everybody leaves. Yep. Except for the cameras like on the roof that are like painted over in white that you have. I would be in that fantasy suite and I'd be like, where the F of the cameras? Like I'm mm-hmm. looking for them. Are they under the tree? Are they under the table? Because I, do? I, don't, I don't like to be watched normally in my everyday life. Um, so, yeah, I think it'd be. Tell us more. Yeah, Blaze, right? (laughs) Except when my husband's always filming me. Um, But no, I I find the concept very interesting. I don't know if it it seems as sexy as it comes across, though, because there's probably, there's a lot of emotions, too, and people get hurt and, you know... The sexy stuff is is good in theory, but then you might get over kissing so many people, which I never thought I'd say out loud. Um, you might just be like, I don't want to do this today, you know? Yeah. No, you're Does right. it ever get old? You like kissing all those people yeah. and, you know? Yeah. A hundred percent. So here's, here's two ways that I would like respond to that. One is um, it's 25 people. Uh, and so there was one evening, and I'm not going to say who, throw her under the bus. She knows who she is. She just had a hot dog right before we started talking. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so like that really throws the game off because that's not just like one person. That's <laughs> like, that can happen four or five times an evening. And like that, you just, and you don't want to say it on TV. You don't want to say it to him because that's, it's definitely getting aired and it's definitely yeah. going to be crushing for their soul. So you just take <laughs> like, it and you just sit in that. The second is um, you definitely assume it's not as fantastical as you would imagine for for one reason is you've been around at least 20 people every second you've been with this person that you're with in the fantasy suite for the last three months once they leave it's really weird like you mm-hmm. don't know what to do together you're just like uh i guess i guess it's you and like i guess we start talking i, I don't know yeah. like i guess we have to talk <laughs> yeah so no it's really awkward um it's not as like, yeah, I don't, I've never talked to anybody. It's been like, that was the most beautiful evening of my life. Like for example, Caitlin Bristow and I had uh, an evening, a fantasy suite and it was in Ireland in this beautiful castle. And, and at this point, Caitlin and I were, were really good friends and we kind of knew that it was a good understanding for us to just be kind of, we were, we knew this wasn't probably going to last. So what we decided to do was we decided to take a, a, a fifth of, of Irish whiskey, drink it and put on a dance party. Cause I hadn't heard like, music in months because we're not allowed to have it and we just drank and danced and it was fantastic it was a beautiful evening so i mean that wasn't as sexy but it was fun that sounds sexy to me i know a little (laughs) drunky dance party like that's pretty fun you know Uh uh-huh uh-huh so needless to say you know you didn't uh stay with the lady that you chose on Mm. the bachelor but for all good because now she ate a because she ate a hot dog (laughs) (laughs) no it's probably not her but now i'm thinking of all the times that i've tried to fuck with my husband i've been like 
oh, I've probably ate. That, that's why he doesn't, because I always try to kiss my husband all the time. And he's like, ah, my mouth's dry. But what he really means is you've eaten some shitty form of fake meat. And now I have to kiss you and I don't want to kiss you, but he's trying to be nice. So now I've learned that from you. Thank you, Ben. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, give an onion dip and then you try to go in for one. Uh, no, I am not with uh, the person from the show. It ends really well. She is now married. Uh, I would imagine happily married. It's brand new, so it's still super exciting. Uh, and I am recently engaged to uh, the love of my life. And it's it's all worked out in the end, which has been really, really good. That's amazing. And you got engaged recently, actually, in quarantine, correct? Uh-huh. I did. I did. Yeah, this has been... So my original plan for the proposal, so I've, I've been on tour. Uh, Warner Brothers uh, put together this tour called The Bachelor Live on Stage. And uh, I'm hosting this tour along with my friend, Becca Kufrin, who's a former bachelorette. And it's a four-month-long tour. It's a long time. And we were going through the East Coast. And I knew I didn't want to wait any longer to propose to my girlfriend because I had asked her father uh, for his blessing in December. Uh, I knew that if I stretched this out any longer, it was really going to start throwing some questions in the air from everybody on like, what is going on here? And so I said, okay, I picked the spot. I told her family. I told my family, uh, March 21st in New York city, I'm going to propose to my girlfriend. Well, (laughs) what would we expect? The virus shuts down the tour. Everything, everything changes. And so we have to do a quick audible, uh, and within a week, Uh, We planned it. We came and we uh, have been in isolation. We're down here right now in Nashville, Tennessee with her family. Uh, And we we audibled to do it in her backyard. We set up her favorite flowers. Uh, Her family was able to be here. It was actually really great. Um, But it wasn't expected to be during quarantine. It was just part of the plan that we had already had existed. And, And it's worked. Wow. That's a great. I mean, you're quick on your toes to shift the plan like that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I'd be kind of. I feel so grateful and blessed that we aren't sick. So like that is the number yeah. first and foremost, I feel grateful, but I would also be like, this is how I have to be proposed to in quarantine. Like yeah. I'd be like, where are my, my horses on the beach with champagne? <laughs> um, but you, you know what? Proposed to? No, I actually got proposed to in uh, Israel, oh. um, in, in Tel Aviv on the beach And funny story, I don't know if I've ever told you this, Roxy, but um, they lost all our suitcases. And so when my husband went to propose, he had no clothes. (laughs) So thank goodness he had the ring box because I was thinking like, oh my God, I I didn't know he was going to propose, but imagine he had the ring, which he wouldn't have in his suitcases and those got lost. So we actually had to borrow my father's clothes. So he proposed to me in my father's outfit with my father's shoes with my Amazing. father's like his uh, uh cologne everything so i was like looking at him thinking of my dad when he said will you marry me and i'm like this is not how it's supposed to go down but i said yes but it was awesome it was a, it was a good proposal it was a good proposal so i mean you and i both have similar stories in some ways like it's not how we planned it it's probably not as we expected yeah, true but here's the cool part uh, her brother plays professional baseball ball. Her other brother just moved to Nashville with his um, wife and they're looking for a house. So everybody's living under one roof. So they yeah. all got to be here to That's, celebrate. Yeah, yeah. So it worked out. Yeah. 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 That's really nice. Where's the wedding going to be? 
your guess is as good as mine right now. Um, it's up to her, right? <laughs> it's up to her. And I good mean, man, I, good man. You'll, you'll, you'll last. <laughs> yeah. I'm staying so far out of that piece of the puzzle, but uh, I have advised, and I don't know if I'll regret this later or not. I have advised us not to start planning a wedding until we figure out what this whole scenario is going to look like. Um, we have too many friends calling right now going, Hey, my wedding's canceled or Hey, I've had to postpone. And it's just not something that I want Jess and I to have to stress about, but we are doing it as soon as we can. It's just right right now. It's up in the air. Right. You can always do a zoom wedding. I mean, that's also trending. That sounds like real fun. (laughs) Right. I know. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. It's so crazy. But how did you know that she was the one? Mm. What was it about Jessica that you just knew that this was the girl? And all the girls weren't the one in the back. There's so many women you could have chosen from. (laughs) So many. And that's why Jessica is so special. Because she's not one of them. <laughs> yeah, she's not one of them. Um, they were actually all, uh, a lot of them were really great. I think that the show, the show's hard to get to know people on. Uh, and, and you really, you don't have a lot of people that are compatible with you. I think it's part of the show's setup is, uh, you know, you get like four or five that you're compatible with, maybe. And the rest are kind of like not your personality, but they're really good personalities. They're good for the... It's TV, right? They want to make good TV. A hundred percent. And so, you know, you might shock people and pick somebody that you they didn't expect. But for the most part, I'm sure if you asked them and, and they were honest with you, they could probably tell from the beginning who was going to be there at the end or at least the final three or four. Um, I'll tell you this. I, I sum it up in one way. Uh Jessica and I share a lot of similar things. Uh, our faith, our desire to have family, our desire to uh, to love on our family that you know that we we have currently. Those things are important and and definitely the foundation to who we are as people. But it's her empathy. That girl is so empathetic and loves to support me. Like if I'm sad, she wants to mourn with me. If I'm joy filled, she wants to celebrate with me. If she hurts me. Like if I, she is crushed and I would hope she would say the same thing about me. I, I can't speak for myself, but um, or I can't ex- speak for how she would feel about me. And, and I don't want to give myself too many compliments here. But when it comes to her, she is just a terrific partner. And she's been that since the very beginning. And uh, I guess there became a time where I said, man, this girl's beautiful. Uh, I love who she is and what she stands for. And I love how she, how safe and comfortable she makes me feel like what else would I want? And so it was, and it was the most beautiful commitment in my mind that I made to say, okay, this is, this is what's going to happen here. And I'm going to ask her, um, so, yeah. Roxy and I are writing down notes because we're like, be nicer to our husbands. Make sure that when they're being an asshole, to not make it about ourselves. Because I swear, you said all those things. I was like, oh, that sounds so nice. So Mary. nice. Um, but normally, like when he's in a pissy mood, I'm like, it's your fault. Like, it's blame. But that's what happens, Ben, sometimes. I'm not saying we, Roxy and I have been with our husbands for like 13 to 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> Three small small children between us so i think by 13 years you'll probably you'll love her just as much but you might be like oh do you have to leave the bathroom door open again like you'll yeah. there'll be something after 13 years that will annoy you uh-huh. um, but okay. you know we do we do love our husbands and I, I we, would do. Say we don't have a prenup so we're stuck um, <laughs> um i was gonna say that you're you said that you were 
going to be well that you're not going to have sex in quarantine until you're married mm-hmm. you are the best person i know because i <laughs> yeah. wanted i wanted that like i in theory i was like that's so amazing mm-hmm. but then i i just couldn't do it <laughs> yeah how how are you doing? Well, I guess living in her parents' house too is probably not that sexy. Never stopped us, Roxy. <laughs> True. There's a closet, True. Roxy. <laughs> um, you know it. It's it's really a uh, for us. It's been re- a really exciting commitment to make to each other. One, it's mm-hmm. really important to Jessica, and I love her, and I want mm-hmm. her to be protected and safe, and I want our relationship to start out with her knowing confidently that that I can agree and also get behind and support something like this so that mm-hmm. in the future uh, she only knows me as a safe place and not a place of letting my own um, kind of desires or my own history and past bring it into our relationship. So this is a fresh start for us both. Uh, our past led us to each other. Uh, mm-hmm. and this is something that's important to her, so it's important to me. The next is I just think it's it's healthy for us. I think I've been I'm 31. I've obviously dated. I've been in serious relationships before. Um, when I look at Jessica, I see and knew very early on that she was the one. Mm-hmm. And I knew that if we could set this commitment to each other, it's not a boundary. It really isn't even a religious de- like uh, decision. Uh, mm-hmm. Even though our faith is important to us, it really doesn't have anything to do with it. It's never been a part of our conversations. Uh, on, hey, we shouldn't do this because God, mm. God doesn't want us to. That's not really what we feel or think. It's, I want you to, I, I think it's both of us. Like, I want you to know that you are my my one. Like, this is our fresh start together. And, and let's make this commitment so that when we can, it's special and re- remember just how special it is. So, yeah, it's been wild. And honestly, at this point, it's a year and a half. It's so much easier than it was a year ago. Um, yeah. That's a long time. I waited yeah. a good three and a half days um <laughs> i waited three and a half hours yeah. okay well yeah yeah you you were pretty fast roxy i i, I was mean film set for two weeks so i feel like two weeks i think two weeks let's just say two weeks <laughs> two weeks and three hours <laughs> i mean i don't think there's something i don't think it's necessarily bad to test drive the car before you decide to buy it you know no. i mean if chemistry's there yeah i think men seem to be uh, satisfied with not that much. <laughs> I think well, women sometimes like, I don't uh, know. it's interesting. And, it's an interesting mm-hmm. subject and it's good that everyone has different viewpoints. And, mm-hmm. and I think that in our world right now, it's, it's okay to have opposing sides of the coin. You know, it doesn't mean mm-hmm. anything's right or anything's wrong. It's just how we like to live our lives for, for what works for us and our families. And I think that we need to have more conversations like that. We're not like you, you're not like us, but we can all be in it together. So, mm-hmm. and I, and I think that's where, what I would love my re- life to represent. Like mm-hmm. I want to sit down with people who don't agree with me and learn from them. And I hope they do the same to me and that we aren't in this to be like contentious and for us to start trying to prove to each other what's right and wrong in this scenario. Mm-hmm. Cause it is, it isn't uh black and white. It's a lot of gray on what's best and healthy. Here's, here's my response to, you know, test drive the car. I would probably agree with you. I don't think it's wrong. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's unhealthy, but I know this, that, um, because like I, so one of my, nobody really knows this, but when I went to college, my hope was to be, uh, 
a sex educator within the church. So I wanted to be within oh. the Christian church and I wanted to speak to youth and adults mm-hmm. about sex and healthy sex. So I thought sex had just been destroyed by the church for years on how like dark it felt like it got, mm-hmm. it got weird. It's beautiful. It's, yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to celebrate it and lift it up and like relieve some like damage that the church had caused people. And so mm-hmm. I've said this, you know, when it comes down to sex, it's a lot of communication. Uh, it's a, a lot of, uh, you know, experiencing and experimenting with your partner and each other. And if you aren't compatible um, Mm -hmm. initially, I do believe you can become compatible over time Mm -hmm. based on how much you want to, like how much you desire to. If you have somebody you love, like you want to work and making this thing the healthiest and best and most fulfilling for both of you, then it's going to be fine. Like I'm not worried about it. And and that's what I tell Jessica often is like, I'm not worried about this because I know we can make it work. That's not... Mm. That's not something I, that concerns me. Does such a position even exist in the church? Or is that like something you wanted to kind of do and like, you know, start yourself? Uh, I, I think it exists outside of the church. So I think it's a lot okay. of counseling. I think it's mm. like Christian counselors. Uh, I'm sure like other religions would have counselors of some sort that would do it too. Mm. Uh, for me, uh, it was a response. There was this big movement that went through that did try to do a lot of good. And I think it did at a lot of levels, but it was the purity movement. If, you, mm. if you're listening and you grew up in the church, you probably heard this and mm. swept over the country and people were making promises with these little promise rings to say, I'm not going to have sex till marriage at like 12 years old. And then right. they would have sex at like 18 and, and they feel, feel dirty, super mm. dirty. And shame, super so much shame. Yeah. Shame is never a part of, you know, and again, like Jesus's message. And it just wasn't something that I thought people should carry at any level of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just want to get out and talk about it and start mm-hmm. saying like, you know, let's, let's get healthy again. Let's not carry shame and guilt. And let's mm-hmm. talk about like what is good and what is mm-hmm. healthy, what is beautiful about it. So I don't know if it exists, uh, but I knew it was a path that I care about and that I love mm-hmm. to talk about. And I'm mm-hmm. not ashamed or weirded out to talk about. It's actually really fun for me to sit down and talk about sex with people. I think it's great. Yeah. I mean, I grew up Christian and I never really understood when people were like, don't do this because it's, it's not what I feel like Jesus would want. But at the end of the day, doesn't Jesus just want love? Like, isn't it just about love and kindness and being a good person? Like sometimes I think like when the Bible says, a man and a man should not be together. But at the end of the day, Jesus is love and acceptance. So it all should be accepted. Like Mm. anyone's different. We're all different. And I Mm. feel like a a God and Jesus is a loving God. And I don't know. I just, I I don't think we should be putting down anyone's way of life in a Mm. way. I don't know. That's just my take. I I would hope that uh, God is a loving God. I'll mm-hmm. say that. I, I really would hope so. I believe confidently so based on what I've seen in life and what I look at when the birds are flying through the air and the trees mm-hmm. are waving in the wind and, and people are conjoining together. I mean, look at this time in our life. One of the times that feels like the darkest, one of the darkest moments uh, that we will, we've had in hundreds of years. And the response has been uh, tough for a lot, for many. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I bet even the people that are hurting the most have felt like uh, humans have cared more now than ever before. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. Care for them. And so, you know, that to me represents a, a God that is moving and active and, and loving amongst us. And if you look at the fruits of the spirit, like, uh, you know, uh, shame, guilt, 
mm-hmm. uh, is not is not some any of those. In fact, it's the opposite. It's joy. It's peacefulness. It's kindness. It's love. Uh, and so I don't know where to draw boundaries. That's way mm-hmm. above my pay grade. Like mm-hmm. I don't know how to tell somebody how to live their life. I don't think I ever should because I don't know the story that's been be- like, that's brought you to this point and what you've experienced to make you feel the way you do. What I can do is represent what I think is is my, the God of this world. And that is a God that loves, a God that wants to bring joy, a God, God that wants to bring peace, a God that wants to talk through things and understand, and a God that loves our stories. And upon that, I stop. Like, I cannot tell you much more than that because it gets dangerous for mm-hmm. me to set any type of, you know, what you should or shouldn't do in life. Mm-hmm. So, Ben, we talk about this a lot on the show, Tamina and I. We talk about death um, mm-hmm. and we yep. talk about having f- a fear of death. We both mm-hmm. have a very severe fear of death, like anxiety ridden. We'll lay about you lay in bed at night, like texting each other about it and be like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, I feel like I'm going to die. Like it's a whole anxiety thing. How do you feel about death? Do you think that there's an afterlife? Are you afraid of it? Are you you know, what is your take on that? Yeah. So two things here. It's interesting you say that. I'm, I'm currently and I'm a big believer in it. I'm in counseling. I've been in counseling for um, this stint in counseling has been about three months now. Uh, and a lot of it is about my anxiety over death. Uh, oh. my, my anxiety uh, in, in my counselor, counselor, if he's listening to this, would be like, oh, good. He's talking about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I do. I have a, a massive confusion with death, mostly because mm-hmm. I think a lot of my faith has been built on a wrestling with God. It's a lot of doubt, a lot of confusion, a lot of processing questions like you asked about why the Bible says this and why I feel like Jesus stood for this and where I mm-hmm. stand on that. And mm-hmm. It's been a lot of, of processing these things that I do think are important to process. But ultimately also, then I start looking, you know, because of my wrestling, I start looking at the afterlife. Like I want nothing more than to be confident that, I'll run this race in life, loving on people well and enjoying their stories. And at the end, I will meet this God that created me and will be in communion at whatever level in this kingdom that Jesus talks about. Like, I want to believe there's an afterlife. I want to believe the kingdom of God mm-hmm. is good and full of love and that it exists. Um, Are you scared that they might not be? Oh, a thousand percent, mm-hmm. a thousand percent. I'm not, I, I would tell you right now, I'm not confident that there is an afterlife. Mm-hmm. And I'm, and I'm, and that's part of my wrestling right now. Hey, I, I don't want to preach to you, but there's a great book that is not religiously biased. Uh, it is in a, ter- I mean, just one of the most beautiful things I've ever read. It was recommended to me by a, uh, a re- religious writer named Jonathan Merritt out of New York city. He's just a s- solid dude. It's called learning to walk in the dark. Mm-hmm. Um, it's by Barbara Brown Taylor. I've been reading okay. it and, uh, and it talks about how we, We've been, we run from our fears, we numb our fears, we escape our fears, but mm-hmm. actually we're learning so much more in the dark than we are in the light. Mm-hmm. I, if you have fears and anxieties and these like this huge ones like death, right? it's a beautiful thing to read. And in such a, she does such a good way to explain it. But yes, you, the three of us would sit here and uh, I just finished a book two days ago mm-hmm. and the whole last four chapters are on my panic attacks leading up to me going to counseling, waking up at three o'clock in the morning, thinking that this is all going to end and I'm going to be gone for forever. Like I won't know Mm -hmm. anything forever. And that scares 
the shit yes, out every of night mm-hmm. i think of that and like i have yeah. this like guttural sound that comes out of me and i'm like oh god i hope it, it doesn't happen every night but when it does it's like a <gasps> like it's a yeah. and like i don't mm-hmm. want anyone to hear in the house and i just have to calm myself down because look i i would be i would change if you told me that there's definitely something else and i'd see all the people that i love again i i i would live like the perfect life if that's what I got in return. But because I'm not exactly sure, I'm just not like I'm not living the perfect life. I'm just living a good life and hoping for the best because I'd rather believe that there is something rather than Mm -hmm. there isn't something because what choice do you have? The thing that I find a little overwhelming or frustrating is when people are sure they're like, I'm just sure. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. no one's sure because no one's been there. (laughs) So no one's sure. It's their way of dealing with like the, probably the scary part of it, the finality, you know, it's like, because do we really know? We don't really know. I mean, there's this, when it brings out to it. Yeah. There's this great, it's not a great book, but this is a great person called Oprah. I don't know if you've heard of her. (laughs) The big Um, O. Yeah. And she does, and she talks about soul sessions and she was talking to this amazing guy. I can't exactly remember who it was. Maybe I'll put it in the comments and something that she said to him resonated with me so deeply that I stopped for about a good six months freaking out about dying. And it was maybe it's just the next level of something, whatever that means. I don't know. Maybe that's not going to make you sleep at night. But when I saw my daughter, Roxy and I have uh, three kids between us. My, it, this really hit with my second daughter. And I was telling Roxy that like, all of a sudden there's no heartbeat. Then there's a heartbeat. And you're like, and then she's here and she's conscious and she's, maybe it's just the next, form of whatever that is you know i don't know that doesn't help me i'll be honest it doesn't it scares me maybe more because i Sorry. love well, no. <laughs> yeah. and i say that only because i've had these conversations and i've processed this to write them down in a book and um i i'm some just want to know what is going on that's like, control yeah it's control and it's yeah. also i yeah. talk about my faith walk is a walk of just trying to find truth wherever it is like uh, the, being closed down and thinking, you know, everything since you're in middle school, is not fun to me? Like, I don't want to just believe in a God because I was told to, like, I want right. to pursue truth, whatever it takes me. Because like you said, if I was confident in this truth, then I would respond accordingly, which I would hope would be a reverence and understanding, mm-hmm. um, uh, a, a search, a journey, a meditation prayer towards this, a, a worship towards this truth, like a worship going, I'm so glad I found truth. And I'm confident that I found that in Jesus, mostly because when I look around me again, I see a life of love. And I know when people are following a life of service, of loving others, um, mourning for those who need to mourn, celebrating with those who need celebration, like that's Mm -hmm. directly from Jesus's message. And it directly relates with how this world works best. Mm -hmm. So as a result, I I just want to keep pursuing what Jesus said and what he does. But I, but I also, I'm sick and tired. Uh, and honestly, just, uh, a little bit, um, uh, I just have a lot of baggage from mm-hmm. the people who look at, look at life and go, Oh, I definitely know. And this is how you need to respond right. because it's just not that way. And if we're, no. in tech, in our, in tech, if we're honest with ourselves, we're not, if we're honest with the world we live in, it just, it's, it's really hard to get to that place. Uh, we only do it. I think out of fear. Uh, I think uh, I heard an interesting quote, um, last week when I was kind of finished up last chapter and, uh, Richard Rohr says, uh, he's an author and he says this, he says, 
uh, every fear we have comes from our fear of our escape of death. So every fear we have actually just comes from our escape of death. And you start thinking about it, it is like even at the smallest levels, if we're scared of spiders. Why are you scared of spiders? Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to answer that, but it's ultimately like you could trace it back to your fear of death. Mm-hmm. Do you like flying? Because yeah. <laughs> yes. I don't like flying. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm also not trying to run from it. I know it's going to hit me at some point. There's, yeah. there's one thing we have in common uh, between the three of us, and that's the fact yeah. that we are all going to die. Nobody's escaped it, That uh, at least in the And it's peace. And I, think, I do think it's yeah. a control thing. I think we all have a control yeah. issue. Um, everyone does. Some people less so than other people. I just believe this is my... I, 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 I don't know. When I went to... Israel and saw the Wailing Wall and the Church of the Holy Sepulchre and the Dome on the Rock. They were all very close to each other. And I'm like, I think it was just Chinese whispers. And I feel like it's all kind of the same thing. I feel like there probably is a God and there is a Jesus and there is all of it. And I think it's all the same message. But then I also believe in Buddhism and I believe in other lives in a way. And I believe in the spirit. So I don't know, maybe there's just some big governing spirit that we will never find out until we find out. Or maybe Maybe. you can. And that's, you know, that's something that I'm interested in. I'm looking at right Mm -hmm. now, praying for it's like, what if we can find out? And, uh, and, you know, Christian, there's Christian mystics, there's Buddhist mystics, like there's mystics out there looking for the mystery. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I'm on that journey myself. I'm looking for the mystery and I'm looking, I would believe that there is a God. If there is a God that Mm -hmm. if I was on a search to, to find that God, that, uh, that God would show up somehow, some way. Like it would be, it wouldn't be right if we have a God of love and a human mm-hmm. spends their whole life, like gnawing for truth, desiring truth, trying to respond to truth, wherever it is. Mm-hmm. And that God just like does, it's just like forsakes him. Like, I just don't believe he does. I believe that God is active and real in my life and, and I have mm-hmm. stories to prove it. But yeah, it's a fun, it's a, it's exciting journey. It's a worthwhile mm-hmm. journey. And it's one that I've been on for 31 years, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't you feel, Roxy, when you have a child, you feel mm-hmm. like they're as closest to God because they were just born? I they do. seem godlike. They seem godlike because they're so innocent and they're pure. so just pure and like full of love and curiosity and, and you know, want to just see things for the first time through their eyes. And it's it's like it's such an amazing it's all it's very it's 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 so cool just to look Watch at them me. and watch them grow and watch them see the world through these like clear, pure eyes, you know, because it takes you back to a time when you were like that as well. Mm -hmm. And it's like before getting jaded and before, you know, learning about all these other outside things, you know, it's, it's really beautiful and it's really, really special. It's like, I feel like children, like you said, they haven't been messed up yet. So Mm -hmm. they just think of, they don't hold grudges and they no. don't bullet like they don't like kids, young kids. They're not they're not looking through eyes of like trauma and hate mm-hmm. and shame and, you know, physical, emotional, mental pain because they haven't got there yet. So um, it's just interesting because we had Earth Week and I told my daughter like that the earth is, I didn't say the earth is crumbling. We've got 11 years, Uh, but I'm kind of like, you know, we need to turn the lights off because of this, this, and this, we have to, uh, you know, we have to make sure that the water, we don't waste water. And she just got it. It was like, we tell adults so many times, yo, we have like 11 years before (laughs) we pretty much might not 
have a world to live in. Like we have to do something right now. And they're like, oh, we're still going to have this much plastic and we're still going to use this much water. But kids, they just get it. They're like, oh, there's a problem. We don't want that to happen. Yeah. We will do the right thing. Well, it's like, too, when does that, when does that switch happen? When does that stop? Like, when do they stop? When does somebody stop being a kid and think in those terms and then become jaded? And it, is it like trauma? Is it, you know, a certain stage of life? Is it, what is it? You know, going through all, like, I look at my life and all the trauma and PTSD that I've had is from living life and not mm-hmm. having the right tools to get through those moments. So like, when I had a Me Too movement, thank goodness I wasn't, you know, severely had a Me Too movement, but I didn't have the tools to figure that out. So I just lived with that. Mm-hmm. And then when, you know, I failed because of something or was called fat and bullied, I didn't have the tools to think that I was enough. So then mm-hmm. I spent a lot of my childhood thinking that I wasn't enough. So I just think it's all this pain that we hold that we never release because we don't talk about it and everything just becomes like this pluck on like our bones that we just, you know, and I think children don't have that as much. It's interesting. My very first childhood memory is, mm-hmm. uh, the, and, and I'll, this is, I think somewhat interesting is laying in my bed as a three mm-hmm. and a half year old mm-hmm. and I looked at the wall and I, I had like carved into the wall one, two, three. Um, like with like lines mm-hmm. and I remember going, wow, I've made it three and a half years. How special is that? I've made it mm-hmm. three and a half years. I remember this moment. I, and obviously we've processed that. So my, my awareness of life and the fragility of life, uh, but also the beauty of life, I think happened very early on. And here I think is my story of losing it. Um, is I was young. I was seven years old. I was in a class mm-hmm. and we did partner reading. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was the only person to not get picked. Like the kids got to pick their partners uh, and I didn't get picked. Yeah. And I remember the teacher coming over to me and going, Oh, you're my partner today. And I knew exactly what that meant. And it was my first time feeling rejection. And so ever mm-hmm. since then, I have this enormous insecurity of being the outsider looking into the, into mm-hmm. the group. Uh, right. You know, I'm sure you guys have a lot, I'm sure you guys have a lot of like moms who listen to this and, and are fans of you guys. I learned something interesting. I don't know if you guys could tell. I don't have kids. I haven't been around mm-hmm. a lot of little kids, but my counselor. That you know of. That, yeah. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. He yeah. might have. I don't know. Are yeah. you saving yourself for marriage? You never told yeah. us. You never told nah, us. Cool you never story. told us. Not in the last year and a half. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, my counselor, and I don't know if you guys, if you're, if moms out there could know this, or if you have kids around you, you would know this. I don't know this, but this is what he told me. He said that uh, little kids almost have this sense of uh, telepathy. Is telepathy the right word? Like they will say Mm -hmm. things that they should not know about, but yet they know them somehow, some way. Like they will know as a little kid, they will say something. You're like, how did you learn that? Or where did that come from? Or like, where did you take that from? And they they don't even know. And there's nothing that points to the knowledge that they have. And it's almost like they're taking it from someplace else and they brought it into this world. Like a an understanding, a peacefulness, maybe a, a nugget of truth. Maybe mm-hmm. like they'll check you where you're at and your selfishness. And you'll be like, Whoa, how did you know? How are you so aware of who you were as a person to be mm-hmm. able to tell me who I am as a person as like a two-year-old? I don't know that, but that's what he's telling me that is true. And it's true with every kid. And so if moms out there, dads out there are listening, I, I just wonder if, if that's what something you've experienced. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I do a lot. I actually learned a lot from my daughter. She's five and a half. 
And there are times when I just literally am bowled over and I'm like, how it's the same kind of reaction. It's like, how did you know that? You know, like, how did that come like that knowledge? And it's like, you're saying they don't know, they don't even know how to explain it, but they know it, you know? So where does that come from? Does that come from God? Does that come from like another life? Does that come from like another plane, another place? It's really, it's really an interesting thought. But I think, you know, for me as a parent, I learn from my daughter all the time. She all the time is doing that. They're our greatest teachers. They're our greatest teachers. It's funny, the other day, I was just so overwhelmed just because I have a one-year-old as well. And my husband, who is a child of three children, just kidding. (laughs) I have a of three children. No, he's really good. He actually does a lot of the cleaning, if not most of it, and cooks a lot. His cooking isn't wonderful, but he does like the basic stuff. Um, But I was in the bedroom and she goes, Mom, I ran a bath for you and made you some food because no one takes care of you. Oh, and that's not oh, true. Again, wow. my husband definitely oh, so takes sweet. definitely takes care of me, and he's he's actually so on the kids that sometimes I don't get as much attention when it takes so for him to take care of me. Um, and then she cut up some cucumbers and put them on my eyes and said, "You have to have a spa day." <laughs> I like it, girl. Yeah. I know, right? She's Send her so over cool. to our houses. Yeah. It's funny because like I don't feel like anyone's you know. I, I didn't grow up. I don't know if Roxy were like this. Like I didn't mm. grow up as like a kid person. I wasn't like, no. Oh, every time you saw a kid, I was like, Oh my God, they're so cute. Let me get no. Like, and that just wasn't me. I was like, Oh, that's a cute That's your kid. Like that's your kid. <laughs> well, and I know we've talked about this before. We, my husband and I actually planned on not yeah. having kids. Yeah. We were like, why would we muck up our lives? You know, we're like, like we're, we're so having happy. fun. We yeah, can travel. Happy, can travel. We can sleep in. We can pick up and go like yeah. as we please. But I mean, obviously it happened and it was like the best thing that ever happened to me. But it, it's funny coming from like that train of thought to yeah. the other side. Because like, when you have your own sides, child, yeah. it's like, I always say this, you've known them your whole life. You're just mm-hmm. like, oh my God, you're my insides. Like you're you're my arm. You know, mm-hmm. I always say to Sean, and I think it's different for dads. I don't know if you think this Roxy, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. when I travel, I get, it's not even panic anxiety. Cause I've always struggled with that. It's, I feel like something's missing. Like when I travel, I feel like there's like a body part that like, is kind of not there and my body feels off and my mind feels off. And I just, Mm -hmm. it's something doesn't seem right now with my husband. And I do think it's a man thing because maybe it's a hunter gatherer, but he can go and travel and be like, Oh, I'll come back in three days and, and you guys will be there and I love you and everything's fine. But as a mother, I don't know. I feel, I feel like I've been like split apart. Well, especially when you birth them, they've been in yeah. your body, yeah. you know, like they've been a part of I think us, they want to get back know, in like, my body, by the yeah. way, my baby wants to go right. back inside my body. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's true. It's like when you do, it's almost like you can't hundred percent rest when you're away from them like that, you know, like even if you're in like the most beautiful place, I remember my husband and I traveled, this was two summers ago, we traveled with some friends to Italy and it was, you know, the most picturesque, beautiful place you can go on the coast. And, but there was a part of me that still was not like a hundred percent, you know, like, okay, settled. Like, I mean, I enjoyed it and I loved it, but there's still that missing, there's that missing piece. You just can't be a hundred percent like at peace when they're not around, you know? So Ben, can you give us a little bit of man advice before we let you go soon? Yes. Okay. How do you know when a guy's into you? Yes. What's what's the telltale sign? Like, how uh, do you know? Do they play games? Yeah. No. So, like, are you in person or not? 
it I think in person's almost obvious, but like, yeah. like when, when it comes to communication, like, yeah. are they calling you? Are they texting you? Like what, how do you know a guy's into you? Uh, I, I think it's a curiosity. I think when, when you have somebody sitting across from you showing a curiosity and making eye contact, or if you're away from them, if they're still showing a curiosity in your mm-hmm. life, mm-hmm. then I, I believe you can assume they're into you at some mm-hmm. level. Okay. Um, I think, I think that's could be universal, like asking questions, uh, and wanting to explore answers out of real interest and not just trying to sleep with you is uh-huh. a terrific thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it is not super common. I know. Cause I do want to just have sex, sex. Sometimes. I know. What if, what if, what, what if it's the woman that wants to sleep? Like what, you? <laughs> but what if it's the woman that wants to sleep with him and she's yeah. like the more, the more aggressive one, you know? Well, that's fine. You asked me yeah. if guys were into you. I, okay. I, I don't know how to answer. <laughs> I mean, I, take I it. Take yeah. it. <laughs> I, so what, what do you think that a um, guy can be into you, but still play games? Um, do yes. Guys, I, yeah. I, yeah, um, I do. I do. Um, I just don't think, I think that's a, an immature man. I, I don't think that is a real man. I think guys that want to play games, uh, are not confident and not intentional and, or they're not confident in being intentional with you. Mm. Uh, it matters what, to what sense too. like a game can be flirty and fun, right. it can be teasing and it can be exciting and it can add something to the relationship. But if it's a game to make you wonder where you're at in his life. I just don't think that there's time or place for that anymore. I don't think it's healthy to a relationship. I, I think when, when I met Jessica and I knew that I was into her, I couldn't mm-hmm. wait to sit her down in the appropriate way and say, Hey, I see this being something really great. Do you, she responded mm-hmm. and now, okay, now we're on the same place. I, I think defining kind of where you're at in your relationship is an extremely important thing, uh, especially if you really care about somebody. So you were pretty straight up with her right from the get-go, sort of? I mean, in, it took like a month and a half. I think there was like wisdom. Mm. I think we both knew it. But before I verbalized it, like I wanted to – I didn't want to like just jump and say it out there right away. Mm-hmm. But once I knew that I was confident in, in where we were at, I said, hey, I, I really want to do the right thing. I want this – I want us to give this the best shot possible. Because if mm. it ends, I want to know we, we tried. Uh, mm-hmm. And if it, it – you know, but if it's good, then like this season of our life will be one we look back on with like a lot of joy because we tried our best. Mm-hmm. What What is the biggest turnoff when it comes to a woman? It doesn't have to be physical. It can be emotional yeah. or mental. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think it's maybe it's just my like my life um, and like my experience for with women. I think this next generation of women and, and your generation are really standing up for who they are and, and how powerful and important you are to this world. I think the the women that came before you have tried and got suppressed due to a thousand different reasons. And I think it added an indecisiveness that like there was a fear in like being leaders and making mm-hmm. decisions because of the repercussions and the judgment and the criticism. And, and I think that is just awful. It hurts me personally. Um, and I just, I, I don't know if it you know it's a turnoff as much as just like frustrating because you just want to kind of look at your partner or look at women around you and be like, you know how important you are, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know how valuable you are, right? Like, I'm not mm-hmm. saying this to pump you up. Like, I this is truth that I need you to know that, like, I know you've had some really 
nasty men and women in your life who have criticized you for being the leader that I know you should and can be and that you have been. Um, and I just want, I mean, I don't think this thing works unless women and men are working together and doing it mm. alongside of each other in partnership, not just romantically, but in all aspects of life. Mm-hmm. That no side looks at each other less than or more than. And um, so, yeah, I, I think for me, uh, it would just be, I love a woman who is confidently, uh, confidently knows who she is and her value. And that's, and that's also part mm-hmm. of, you know, my goal as a partner is to let mm-hmm. Jessica know all the time how valuable and worthy she is of having a ton of, uh, of leadership in our life. Mm-hmm. Has she ever watched back like episodes of your show? Like oh, the gosh, bachelor no. bachelorette. Okay. So she hasn't seen you making out with like, a Oh my goodness. That would camera. kill me. Yeah. No. Would she be, do you think she'd freak out if she saw yes, that? I, yeah, yeah. Hate that? I don't yeah. want her to see that. Yeah. yeah it's like, I, I, I've done many films and I'm always kissing or making out with someone. My husband doesn't even bat an eyelid. I'm like, I wish you'd be a little more jealous. Yeah. Like, I would like Lorraine a bob at you. Like if I saw that, I'd be like, no way. No one can be around this area ever again, including me. I'm fine to yeah. like cut it off. Um, but he just sees me all the time because he's so used to it. He's like, ah, whatever. That's just an average day in our work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No. that's true. It's like work. It's like work for you, Tamman. Yeah. For you, Ben. It was like you were you were actually on the pursuit of trying to find love. So it's got to be yeah, a little so bit tricky. It was real life. It was real life. It yeah. was real stuff. And so it's just a little bit heavier, I think, to mm-hmm. watch back. Because it's also what gets brought up all the time. Mm-hmm. So you just rather be naive to it. Um, ben, I know you have to go. Do you have one minute for a rapid fire? Never have I ever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Never have I ever quarantine edition. Okay. So if you, I, I don't yeah. really know the rules to this game, but I think you just <laughs> yeah. say I have or no. I think that's the okay. answer. <laughs> okay. So n- never have I ever stopped doing self-care in quarantine i.e taking showers like not shaving that kind of thing never never have i ever uh oh yeah I mean, I'm, you look at me right now i have a mustache yeah. on. So, like, <laughs> i stopped a long time ago yeah. it looks like you styled it it looks pretty like shaped Curl. and everything yeah yeah okay so you never it. never have i ever cried in quarantine uh, I have not cried yet in quarantine. Oh, oh that's good. Roxy, um, did you did you not cry? I cried when I got down on one knee, 100%. Yeah. Oh, oh, yes. Well, you got you, you, you proposed. I mean, come on. Of course you cried a little. Yeah. I would have oh, made the- my husband cry if he didn't. I'd be like, yo, <laughs> Biatch, you start crying. <laughs> Never have I ever thought about another girl in quarantine. Uh, no, never. I don't think so. I'm, I'm a pretty simple dude. I think it's like pretty linear for me. It's like a path forward and anywhere else I just get confused. Never have I ever wanted to have sex in quarantine, but obviously knew that I couldn't. (laughs) A hundred percent. Yeah. Okay, good. I just want to make sure everything's still working down there. You're like, like, I'm fine that you're not having sex. I just want to make sure that you want to. Right, right. Like, okay, okay, I feel good about that. What do you have to do? You have to go take a cold shower or something when that happens? <laughs> go work out, run, take a run. You yeah. There you go. Yeah, you must be in really good shape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's la- like every one, two seconds. Okay. I'll let you go. Never have I ever stayed up watching uh, reality TV in quarantine and stayed up all night watching reality TV. I'm not a big reality fan. Uh, I'm a big okay. movie and like show fan. I'm just not a big okay. reality fan. So no, I haven't. Um, 
My movie's out right now, so go watch it, please. What is it? It's called Breaking for Wales. Another plug. Roxy's like, stop plugging your movie. I'm like, I don't <laughs> no. care. It's it's on iTunes and and Amazon. We're doing a big party on on Friday night. So I mean, okay. it's not a real party. It's Breaking just, for Wales. Just, you watch right. it, and if you want us to send you some pizza, we can. At <laughs> Everyone's like getting some pizza sent. So yeah. Cool. You guys are great. Oh, Thank you're so, you so great, much, ben. ben. And where can everybody find you? Tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, so uh, my full-time job is operating a coffee company called Generous Coffee. It's a uh, for-purpose company. We donate all of our profits, including my salary, back to organizations that are out there fighting the good fight and fighting injustice around the world. So you can go to generouscoffee.com if you like good mm. coffee and you want coffee that has a purpose. Um, Higgins.ben on Instagram, Ben Higgy on Twitter. Uh, and, and that's probably the best right now. So yeah, go check it out. You've got quite the following, Ben. We are oh, Women on Top official on Instagram. And Women on Top podcast on Facebook. And I am Taman Sursok. <gasps> and I am Roxy Manning. And we are Women, Women on, on Top. <laughs> top. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.